Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Best of Heard Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It is a Friday, and what a weekend we're going to have. Live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Top of next hour are 10 players as the NFL playoffs have officially arrived. The series start this weekend. The 10 players with the most pressure on them, and pressure can shrink even the greatest of players. That is one hour from now. J-Mac... I'm very excited. A lot of television this weekend. I felt the same way with March Madness. Get into the weekend. It's going to be a big basketball weekend. Big very gambling, excited. Big gambling weekend as well for uh, NBA. Throw down some bucks on uh, some player props, maybe. Okay. Big weekend for LeBron. Uh, big game one for LeBron. Yes, oh, yeah. I, I agree with you. So the, the Phoenix Suns and the Clippers, I have the Suns winning the West and getting to the finals. Okay, and mostly because they've added Kevin Durant who I find authentic and real, and I like him a lot. He, it was interesting. Um, he's made one big mistake in his career. Um, he left Steph for Kyrie. Forget Warriors to Brooklyn. He left Steph for Kyrie. That's a big whiff. And we weren't backseat drivers. I said it at the time. That is Mahomes going to the Jets three years ago. Like, what are you, what are you doing? That's not good. Other than that, his career has been spectacular, Right. So he was quoted, and this is interesting. He was talking to Fox Sports, and he had some interesting quotes. And, I mean, he's a pretty vulnerable guy. He puts it out there. And his quotes, here they are. He says, I I don't see this talked about. I see Dame and LeBron and Draymond. A lot of great players in our league speak up on social media. They don't get the sensitive rep like I do. You need something. My game, you can't see any flaws with that or in my personality off the court stuff i don't have any major blemishes so you got to find something i don't like this kd tweets too much (laughs) i don't think that's it he continues on uh because i think he is actually very likable if there's something inaccurate that's said about me and being portrayed to the fans i want to dispute that on twitter it's quick where i can just say hey 
This is what I'm thinking in the moment, then it's over with. I think it's great for fans to get insights on players. Um, yeah, he's a little sensitive, but that's okay. Like, again, that's fine. That's a good quality to have, uh, that you care about stuff. Um, you know, I think what it really comes down to is this. When you take big swings, they make big headlines. And if it's a mistake, it sticks with you forever. Had KD left the Warriors and gone to Chris Paul and Phoenix, Jason Tatum and the Celtics, those are, those are grown-ups. Had he gone to Giannis in Milwaukee, had he gone to uh, Jimmy Butler in Miami, and even if he doesn't win, we wouldn't look at him the same. But to go from Steph and Kerr and Clay and Draymond, a dynasty, to wacko Kyrie Irving, it literally changes the perception of him. It would be Mahomes to the Jets. Ooh, he's a great player, but he's a little... He's a little out there. Most all-timers, and KD's an all-timer, they feel almost, uh, they're cornerstone guys. They're almost corporate. Jeter, MJ, Kobe, Peyton Manning, uh, Mahomes, Brady. It's about winning. You can trust them emotionally. They're a bedrock. You can trust them physically. KD has got the physically down. Nobody disputes that. I mean, there are players privately, they don't want to get dragged on social media. They like him more than LeBron. But it's the emotional thing, which had he gone to the Celtics and Tatum, had he gone to the Heat, Spolstra, Riley, Jimmy Butler, had he gone to Giannis in Milwaukee, we get it. He was just tired, maybe Draymond wearing him out. He's not a West Coast guy. You know, Steph is always going to be the heart and soul of the franchise. But when you go from here to the penthouse to the outhouse, people are like, you know, he's, he's kind of his own guy emotionally. And so the downside of the big swing is the big miss and the big headline. And I think the rest of Kevin Durant's career is irrelevant. It's all about one team two times. It's about going to the Warriors and then leaving to the Warriors. When he went to the Warriors, we now know in hindsight – he was right. Westbrook was a bad fit to his game. He was right. We would have given him a pass on that because he has elevated. Westbrook's become more toxic. But it was leaving Steph for Kyrie, and that's going to stick forever. And, you know, that's when you go to dynasties in any sport, we talk about ancillary B and C players on dynasties. You think Julian Edelman gets discussed if he's a Dolphin and he has the same numbers, just not the titles? Why do we know Wes Welker? College? Miami? No, it's basically because he played with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. When you play with great, you choose great, you're traded to great, you become part of great. Rick Fox yesterday trended. Had he played for the Orlando Magic, nobody would care. And I, I, don't, I don't see Kevin as overly sensitive. I think he's sensitive. But I think he made, he's made one mistake in his basketball career. It wasn't going to Texas. It wasn't going to Oklahoma City. It wasn't leaving Westbrook. It's not, it's not going to Phoenix. It wasn't going to the Warriors. That wasn't a mistake. Westbrook was hard to play with. But he left it, and it's who he left it for. For the record, I'll say it again. The guy hasn't lost since November. He's virtually done everything right in his career little brittle in the last couple years, but his career has been overwhelmingly A++++. 
but you're here and you choose there, people are going to be unforgiving. And that's really what defines him now. The talent and that weird move. That's why I'm wishing him well for Phoenix. I hope he wins. He's one of the all-time great players. Speaking of all-time great players. So we live in a world now. It's conspiracies about everything. Everybody's a wacko. I mean, it used to be there were a lot of wackos, but you didn't see them being a wacko, right? Unless there was somebody that sent a kooky letter to the editor or you heard somebody on talk radio. Now social media, you know your neighbor's a wacko. There's vaccine this and president this and aliens this. And so the only way to diffuse all the nut jobs with conspiracies, the only way to diffuse it is predict them. Call them before they get there and say, wacko is going to be a wacko in a couple of weeks. So let me tell you the conspiracy theory that's going to happen in the NBA playoffs. One of them. The Lakers are going to play Memphis and the Lakers are going to get to the free throw line way more than Memphis. But it's not a conspiracy. It's not rigged. It's totally explainable. But in two weeks, if the Lakers win the series, all the it's rigged nut jobs will arrive. So the only way to diffuse all the crazy people now is to call them before they happen. And then at least they feel a little guilty and can be made fun of. It's like, we told you crazy was going to get crazy. So LeBron, after he wins the first game of the series, is 27-2 and two in his career. After losing it, he's 12-9. and nine. So it's imperative for the Lakers and LeBron to win game one. And Lakers-Memphis series starts Sunday. So the Lakers right now are first in free throw attempts in the year. And since March and April, the attempts have gone up. Why? It's all very explainable. LeBron's back, he attacks the rim. AD's back, he's all around the rim. So they were shooting a lot of free throws to begin with. But now that LeBron and AD are healthy and playing, the Lakers lead the league in free throw attempts, and it's increasing. Meanwhile, Memphis, the worst free throw shooting team in the league, is middle of the pack. But since March and April, it's going down free throw attempts. Why? Again, it's very explainable. They don't have Steven Adams, Brennan Clark, so they become more of a perimeter team on some nights. So it's all completely explainable. When Memphis has injuries to their bigs, Right? They shoot more jumpers, create less contact. As LeBron, AD, and the always aggressive Austin Reeves have played more games together, the Lakers create more contact. They all finish at the rim, therefore they get more free throws, and the Lakers are a much better free throw shooting team than Memphis. Memphis is the worst in the league. So here's what's going to happen. It's going to be a close series. The Lakers are going to shoot about seven to eight to nine free throws more per game and at the end of the series, when the Lakers are at the line hitting their free throws and Memphis is at the line less and missing theirs, you're going to say the series is rigged. So the only way to diffuse nut jobs, wackos, and it's rigged, whether it's elections or NBA playoff series, you got to call it. Bill Maher said when Trump loses, he's going to say it's rigged. Bill Maher called it a year and a half out, right? Like he spotted crazy before crazy. I'm just telling you. This is what's going to happen. The Lakers, as LeBron and AD have gotten more healthier, are now really an interior offense. They're banging. They're creating contact. They're getting to the free throw line. They're tough. And they're doubling down on it now with Anthony Davis in. And Anthony now is going to live in the paint with Adams and Clark out. So he's going to live in the paint in this series. 
He's going to be at the free throw line the whole series. Here they come. <laughs> Just here they come. I'm calling it right now. The Lakers, I think, win the series, but win or lose, they'll have a decided free throw attempt and make advantage over Memphis. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling, call Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So this story came out yesterday. Saquon Barkley a few days ago said, I'm not showing up to camp. And now Dexter Lawrence, their best defensive player, best defensive lineman, says, I'm not showing up to camp either. I want a new contract. And Saquon Barkley was offered a very fair contract. No, I want more. And the Giants are trapped. So once the Giants overpaid for an average quarterback, Daniel Jones, what it actually did is gave leverage to all the other good to very good players on the team. Because Derek, Daniel Jones can only win if he's got a bunch of good players around him. You have to retain all of them. So in a weird way, overpaying for a star actually gives the leverage back to the franchise. Kansas City with Mahomes, hey, Tyreek Hill, take a hike. Chargers with Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler, go look around. Joe Burrow, they're thinking of getting rid of Joe Mixon. There's a story this morning they're going to move off T. Higgins. In back-to-back years, they've gotten rid of a top tight end. Brady Belichick did it for 20 years, moved off pro bowlers. Steelers moved off several pro bowlers, but they always had Big Ben, and they paid him well. Maybe didn't get Super Bowls at the end, but he's got 12 playoff appearances and eight division titles. So they could move off a Lavian Bell or an Antonio Brown because the Steelers, once they paid Ben, 
still maintain the leverage over agents and other players on the roster. Right? So, but the opposite of that is when you overpay for an average player to validate the contract, now you have to retain B, B plus, A minus players and usually overpay them and they know it. Saquon Barkley knows now. <laughs> what is Daniel Jones without me? He's a 7-10 and 10 quarterback. His agent knows it. Saquon knows it. Dexter Lawrence, he's a great player. But is he Chris Jones? He's going to get paid like him because Dexter Lawrence knows. we got to win with defense here. We're not winning with a quarterback. That's the downside. You're better off overpaying a little bit for a star. I mean, go look at Kansas City. They're going to pay Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones. They let everybody else walk. It actually empowers the owner, the GM, the coach, and the franchise to overpay for a star a little bit, right? Because then you can let anybody else walk. But by paying Daniel Jones a C quarterback, A minus to A money, now every agent in the league knows. All my giant guys, <laughs> what's Daniel Jones if my guy doesn't stay? It doesn't even have to be a star. I mean, do you think Kansas City would offer Saquon Barkley? He had three straight years. He had injuries. You, don't, you just don't sign that kind of running back as good as he is to a second big contract. But now the Giants are trapped. They're trapped. They're going to have to sign Saquon Barkley. And he's a good player. But if you had a star quarterback, Buffalo, Philadelphia, they just moved off really good running backs. They, the franchise, has the power, not the agent, not the roster. Every guy in that room knows. All the good players in New York know. They need me bad. I got the power, not the team. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I saw this headline. Andrew Wiggins has been cleared to play game one for the Warriors. Sports people by nature, J-Mac and I certainly, sports people are competitive. Like, I'm competitive with my show. I'm competitive. He's competitive in his basketball league with his daughter. Sports people in general are very, very competitive people. We played sports. We love sports. We have standings. We bet sports. We do fantasy sports. They, sports fans hate to admit somebody else is smarter, but Golden State is smarter than every other team in the league. Andrew Wiggins had a personal crisis. Nothing got out. Nothing got out in a major market media. Not a peep got out. And he's back for game one of the playoffs. Gary Payton, they quietly made a move to get him because they knew there was a chance they'd face a De'Aaron Fox in the playoffs, so they wanted more defensive depth, and they quietly made a move. Everybody could use Gary Payton. The Warriors got him again. It hasn't been perfect for them in the dynasty. Kevin Durant left suddenly, had a couple of years. They had to regain their footing. Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, the punch before the season probably did not uh, elevate chemistry. But even when they're bad, they tank well. They got the number two pick, James Wiseman. The NBA dynasties generally just do not last this long. They don't. There's too much ego. There's not enough brain power. They rely too much on uh, talent. They live in the rearview mirror and celebrate too much about yesterday instead of looking forward to today. And then there's the Warriors. They don't do that. The two signs of a great dynasty, and this is very New England, 
They adapted well in their prime, and they move off stuff that doesn't work. James Wiseman didn't work. They moved him and went and got Gary Payton. I mean, like, whoa, how can you move off that? It's not working. He doesn't fit our style, nor does he fit Steph Curry's timeline. We're moving off it. If you go to New England in their prime, when Kraft was younger, Belichick in his prime, Brady in his prime, and even Josh McDaniels, Belichick knew what he was and what he wasn't. He let the other guys run the offense. Okay, and that's Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr creates the culture like Belichick and runs the offense. He lets Kenny Atkinson or Ron Adams or Mike Brown, Draymond Green, take care of the defense. He knows what he is. He knows what he's not. He doubles down on what works. He's adaptable, and he doesn't, doesn't get rigid with his mistakes. James Wiseman doesn't work. They move D'Angelo Russell, doesn't work. They get rid of it fast. And so, you know, there's a big chunk of American wealth. A big chunk of American wealth is up in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. You got your, you got your Googles and you got your Apples and you got all your tech companies, your Oracles. Put the Warriors in that group. And, and, and by the way, those companies make mistakes. Metaverse for Facebook, whiff. Google Glass, whiff. Move off it fast james wiseman didn't work d'angelo russell we're done see you later that's okay take big swings be adaptable know what you are know what you're not but don't you think it's just interesting the best offense in the league now faces the warriors and what a shocker two of their best defensive players outside of draymond green andrew wiggins and gary payton are now both available for game one of the playoff series. That is not a coincidence. It is not random. They are simply smarter, like the Patriots were in their prime, than everybody else in the league. What do you get when you combine a three-time manager of the year and a three-time national sports writer of the year? It's the Book of Joe podcast. Hey, this is Tom Verducci from Fox Sports, MLB Network, and Sports Illustrated. And I'm Joe Madden, and we're going to be around to talk a little bit about managerial decisions, playoff games, and what may have occurred in the dugout maybe in the 1980s. I can't wait for this, Joe. We're going to dive into what goes on in the dugout and behind the scenes in Major League Baseball. Cars, wine, whatever else we want to talk about. Listen to the Book of Joe podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm going to throw a theory at you. Charles Robinson works at Yahoo Sports, has for years, very good reporter, knows what he's doing. So he was talking on a radio show. He had a comment about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And I didn't know this to be true. He said the, the trade parameters were set in place. But Aaron went on with Pat McAfee on YouTube and said, I'm 90% into retirement, and it screwed it up. The Jets freaked out. <laughs> so there's a reason that like presidents have speech writers and press secretaries. There's a reason companies have a lot of people in like PR, certain messaging. You know, there's a way to present things if things are going sideways. Aaron's sort of this freewheeler ad libber guy, and he thinks he's got it all figured out, but he doesn't. He started ad libbing about vaccines. He took a lot of crap, and he didn't like it. He acknowledged he didn't like it. So, I, you know, the winner on that is Pat McAfee. Good for him. The loser on this sometimes is Aaron Rodgers. And I have this theory, this psychological theory that I believe to be true. 
And if you're really honest about this, if you go 10 years ago, there was a real debate about who the best quarterback in the league was. 10 years ago. Remember, Brady had gone 10 years without a Super Bowl. And here came Aaron Rodgers, who threw a better ball, who had more talent, and he had a Super Bowl too and an MVP. And there was a real discussion. I was a Brady guy over an Aaron guy because of leadership, but, but there was a real discussion. It was 50-50 in the country. But as Brady started separating from Aaron Rodgers, started winning again and winning Super Bowls, and Aaron didn't, Aaron took two detours in his personality. Maybe these were always part of him, but I think once he realized he lost the GOAT conversation in his prime to Brady, and Brady kept separating, and Aaron didn't compete with him, he did two things, big two personality things. Number one, Brady's always been very corporate, very structured. Message is important. Suddenly, Aaron became loosey-goosey, non-PC. I'll talk about anything I want. I don't care if it gets people in trouble. That wasn't early, Aaron. That started to develop when Brady started completely separating from him. He went opposite of Brady, as if to say, I'll be the cool guy. I may not win the Super Bowls. I'm the cool guy. I'm the loose guy. I say whatever I want, guy. I'm not beholden to corporate. And the second thing Aaron became much more of in the last seven or eight years when Brady separated was, yeah, football, I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't define me. I don't care. I want to retire. I don't want to work out. And there's more to life than football, whereas Brady is obsessed with football. I think Tom's in Aaron's head. I really do. Because I think if you go back 10 years ago, there I can remember being at ESPN. I was fighting off all these fanboys for Aaron. I'm like, Brady's got all the Super Bowls. He's the best pre-snap guy ever. He's totally committed. He won't have a beer in the offseason. He's not loosey-goosey doing his own thing, bad body language guy. But I was getting nothing but arrows. There was a strong movement in the media, especially Aaron's prettier. He's more talented. Brady's all about Belichick. And then Brady just last seven, eight years just started separating. And suddenly Aaron has veered into, I'll say whatever I want. I'm anti-corporate. He wasn't anti-corporate when he came into this league. He, that's opposite of Brady. And then he also became, football's not that big of a deal, which is, it was always a big deal. He was really into football at Cal, early days. So I, I think, and by the way, if Aaron plays this year, by the end of the year, he'll be richer than Tom Brady in terms of NFL contract money. He's very aware of that. <laughs> okay, so there's things he can't beat Tom on. And that was the running for years and years. Don't kid yourself. That punctured his ego. There was a lot of Aaron's the man. Brady separated. Now he's the, I'm the opposite of Brady. I don't care much about football. It's not that big of a deal. That's 90% into, and 90%. And by the way, Brady structured family. Aaron's like, hey, and I'm, I'm trying to find my deeper self. I think Tommy's in Aaron's head. Just my takeaway. Okay, here's the other thing I saw. So, um, you know, we always say it's not just the story. It's why is the story out? Why is the story out? So in two or three days, these, these two stories have been out from the Houston Texans. There was a leak yesterday on C.J. Stroud. 
who the Texans are perceived to be taking at number two. And the leak was, yeah, a lot of people are saying he's hard to coach. Yesterday, another leak. The Texans love edge rusher Will Anderson. Hmm, two, three days, two. Why are they doing this? They don't want to take C.J. Stroud. The Texans don't want to take him, and they want a softer landing from the media and the fans when they don't take him. How can you not take a quarterback? Now, for the record, if you go look the last 10, 15 years, the hit rate on edge rushers, Will Anderson, is higher than the hit rate on quarterbacks in the first round. Right? Like you, if you think an edge rusher, a Bosa is going to be a star, Aiden Hutchison, Chase Young, the hit rate's pretty high on the first or second best pass rusher, edge rusher. Quarterback hit rate, 50-60%. So I look at Houston, and I see a defensive head coach, no pressure year one to win, Caleb Williams or Drake May next year's draft. I get it. Build the roster, then get the star quarterback. Because there's about two great edge rushers per year, and they can get one. Remember, there's only two ways currently in the NFL for the highest level of success. Number one is obvious, get a superstar quarterback. Number two, as J-Mac often points to, is stack your roster and have your quarterback on your rookie deal. The less you pay him, the more good players you can get around him, and you can fall into a second-round Jalen Hurts or a seventh-round Brock Purdy. Now, I have no issues with Houston doing this. I have no issues getting your edge rusher or trading down and getting the second or third best edge rusher with a defensive coach, set coach, set the culture, get the roster fixed. You're still going to be bad with, you know, their quarterbacks are backups. And the AFC's much better than the NFC. And now that Jacksonville's legitimate, <clears throat> those are two losses right there. So Houston has two first-round picks this year and next year. So they, they've, they got four starters just in the first round next couple of years. Why not guarantee Will Anderson, who would start tomorrow, instead of C.J. Stroud? I have, I have no problem at all with Houston doing this. What they're basically telling you is stuff gets out because somebody wants it out. They don't want to take C.J. Stroud because they don't see special. And I've said this. I watched C.J. Stroud for two years. He's good. But when I look at the Buckeye receivers, I go, wow. When I look at C.J. Stroud, I go, he's good. Is he the second best player in the draft? I don't think he's the second best player on Ohio State. I think their two best receivers are the two best players they have. Albert Breer yesterday on the Texans potentially passing on the number two pick in Stroud. So these guys have seen it done different ways. And I think they both have confidence that they can build different ways and that they don't necessarily need to take one second overall. I think if Bryce Young were to fall to him, which is highly unlikely at this point, I think they would take Bryce Young. But if there's a guy they're less sure of there is second overall, I, I don't think D'Amico Ryans would be afraid to say to his owner, we need to go take Will Anderson. I think that the history of the two guys plays into it. I think the fact that it's two guys working together for the first time plays into it. Um, you know, and then on the other side of this, I think ownership's going to have a say too. J-Mac, take Will Anderson, wow. let somebody else roll the dice on C.J. Stroud. D'Amico Ryan says, hey, I'm a defensive coach. It's what I know. I'm going to get my edge rusher for the next five years. Okay, uh, I'm 50% in with you. So earlier this week we talked about it. I don't think they want Stroud. The question is, is Will Anderson the guy? And 
You know I do mock drafts for Fox Sports. Yeah. After I did my last one, somebody said, you should go on YouTube and watch Will Anderson against Tennessee this season. Yes. So two years ago, Will Anderson was incredible. He was amazing. The stats were off the charts. Everybody's saying he's a top five guy. Say, go look just at, they isolated every snap in that game. Tennessee scored like 52 points or whatever. Will Anderson did absolutely nothing. He got kind of bullied by Tennessee's tackle. This kid Wright, who may be a first-round pick. And there's a question now is, was Will Anderson kind of dogging it this season? Was he not as into it? Because his numbers were way down. And it's not just that he was double teamed. And there's some question about motor for Will Anderson. He ain't a Bosa, which is what, you know. No, he's not a Bosa. He's not a Bosa. He's not in that class of like. He's elite. not a Chase Young. He's not. He doesn't bend. He's not Miles Garrett. He's not in that class. So is the guy Will Anderson? Uh, are we getting back to Jalen Carter? Maybe, hey, personal issues aside, we got to get Jalen Carter. I, I don't know. It's getting the draft is getting real fascinating at the top because there's no certainty outside of maybe Bryce Young at one. One more herd. The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www1800 gamblernet In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Here are, in my opinion, the 10 players, J-Mac, facing the most pressure. Okay. All right, ready to go? The, starting this weekend, the big games. It's going to be a great weekend of NBA playoff basketball. So here we go. 
number one. I think it's Joel Embiid. Okay, dude, if you want the MVP and you just had your best year, you got to win a second playoff series. He's never advanced past the second round. The Bucs are aging. The Celtic center, Robert Williams, hit and miss on health. If you're going to want the MVP off your best season, Maxie's become a good player. Harden led the league in assists. It's your time. You got to win two playoff series minimum. Number two. I think Jason Tatum. Listen, there's rumors. If they get bounced before the finals, they're moving off Jalen Brown. Dude, no more passive in crisis. Last year, he led the NBA playoffs in scoring, but it felt like he wilted in the finals. He's more rested this season. This is structurally as good as any team in the league. They have got to get to the finals. May not have to win it, but they've got to get there. Tatum, too. Number three. I think Anthony Davis. LeBron is old. This has to be your team, especially against Memphis, without two of their front court guys. Okay? They have John Morant. They've got wings, Dylan Brooks. Their bigs are all banged up. All right? So you have got to dominate this series. Jaron Jackson gets into foul trouble. He likes fouling. You got to get to the line. You got to hit your free throws. You can't depend on LeBron or Austin Reeves or Dennis Schroeder. Anthony Davis, this is your series. Number four. Nikola Jokic, back-to-back MVP. Last year, gentleman sweep first round. Come on. Listen, I have defended the guy, but at some point, it's, it's got to be more than efficiency. If you're going to be MVP, you got to be able to to compete in April, May, and June, Jokic at four. Number five. James Harden, legacy on the line. Struggled in the playoffs last year. What is he now? Is he going to go down as just a talented flake? Because now he's got the MVP at center. Maxie's become a great running mate. He's got a head coach that won a championship. He led the league in assists. The only thing missing is some playoff success. James Harden at number five. Number six. John Morant. They should beat the Lakers. They're deeper. They're younger. Why wouldn't they beat the Lakers? If they lose, my gut feeling is, we'll point to John Morant, the eight-game suspension, the star of the franchise going sideways, not mature enough to handle it. Number seven. Kawhi Leonard. They've reached one conference finals. He was going to be the answer, right? Won a title in San Antonio. Won a title. Now the Clippers decided we're going to build around Kawhi Leonard. He's not available, and because Paul George is out, hey, that's the breaks. That's the breaks. Paul Clay Thompson coming off an injury last year. The Warriors still won a final. That's the breaks. Nobody cares. You've got to get to the conference finals. Number eight. Chris Paul. Listen, he's not the score he once was. He had a career low, I think, 14 points a game. Um, but now that he's got Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, this is the best starting five he's had. They can't be a one-and-done or a two-and-done. They have to get minimum to the conference finals. You know I love Chris, but this is the best supporting cast of his career. Number nine. I'd say Russell Westbrook, five different teams in five years. Is he just going to end his career Is the toxic player that can't play with anybody? Now, they've been about 500 since he arrived, and he is productive. And I think, I, I think he wanted to stay in Los Angeles. His family's here. So this is a big deal for Russell Westbrook. Can he be a functional player, maybe be a, at times off the bench, uh, a role player who gives you great energy and spots, but you don't trust situationally? It's a big deal for him. You don't want to end just bouncing around the league when you're a Hall of Famer. Number 10. Kevin Durant. 
His legacy right now, fair or not, is tied overwhelmingly to the Warriors and Steph Curry. Now, I think Kevin's one of the best players I've ever seen, but he's only got one conference finals appearance with the Thunder and the Nets, so I do think elevating a Phoenix Suns franchise, which had to change owners, Chris Paul's having his lowest scoring year, Monty Williams in eight and a year ago didn't get along. He can elevate, maybe slightly, but I think there's a little pressure on Kevin to prove that, hey, I can take a franchise Things aren't necessarily perfect. We don't have a great bench. Chris Paul's at the end, and I can take us to the finals. Top 10 players, most pressure. I don't. My staff may disagree. I do not believe there is a ton of pressure on uh, LeBron James. I don't. I think, I think he's cemented. I think in year 20, anything you get from LeBron over 30 minutes a night is gravy. Um, so I, I don't feel a lot of pressure on LeBron James. I think I think Anthony Davis, it's not on Austin Reeves or Dennis Schroeder. I think the pressure's on Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, you can't control your health, but when you face a team that's young and missing two of their bigs, you better control the series. So I don't think there's any question. The NBA playoffs are about defense, rim protection, toughness, getting to the line. That's where Anthony Davis is better than John Morant, and he should be the best player in this series both rosters. Can I take issue with Embiid at one? All right. So he went all out this year. He wanted the MVP. He yes. hunted that battle. Yes. Played the most minutes per game of yeah. his career. And a lot he of games. really wanted the MVP. Yeah. But he ain't getting by Boston. They're under they're gonna be underdogs in that series. Do you know they're not beating the Celtics, right? So is it fair to say you gotta get to a conference final? If Robert Williams plays half the games, which is always possible, you better go seven. If, if they don't have a legit, if Al Horford guarding Embiid, Embiid should score 44 points a night. I think the Celtics will concede that. Go ahead, Embiid, score 44. Play 40 minutes, score 44. We don't think the other guys are good enough. Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, we don't think they're good enough to beat if us. If he scored 44 a night and they lost in seven, I don't it's think okay. people, yeah, I don't think people would clobber him. But the idea, like, if you want to be MVP in the East, you got to win a couple of playoff series once. One? Okay, well, the, the, uh, Jokic, uh, you know, you have well, four. Well, the West has been deeper historically. Oh. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Well, he is one of the absolute ascending stars in the National Football League, DK Metcalf. Four years, a pro bowler. He and Tyler Lockett make up one of the great tandems in the league. And lucky for us, he's around today, and we're bringing him on the show. And uh, you, you know you can tell sometimes in our business when you talk to players before they come on the show and how serious they are. And I can just say with DK, it took about 90 seconds. You are really committed to this stuff. The coaching, the offseason, not everybody in the league is. So when you get passed over, when you fall in the draft, did it tick you off? Yes, sir. Um, I mean, I went to the draft and, and got passed over. So I was in the back uh, waiting the whole night to hear my name called. And, you know, when I didn't hear it called, um, that night was tough for me. Um, went home the next morning and just spent time with my family. Um, and then, uh, by the grace of God, you know, I got my name called on the second day. But, uh, yeah, I carry that with me every day. Uh, still to this day while I'm working out, I always think about it. What did your family say? Um, I mean, they always believed in me. So, of course, they're going to encourage me and you know, tell me what I want to hear. But, uh, I mean, the hardest part is looking yourself in the mirror and telling yourself the truth. Like, are you worth it? 
Um, and you, only you can answer that question. And when I told myself, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the best. So I just put my head down and, and just kept working. You are the perfect Pete Carroll draft pick because he loves people that are overlooked. Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor. You, you're literally Pete. If I think of Pete Carroll, I think of he takes players who have great skills that are overlooked. So um, it's very interesting. Even though Pete's older, he chews gum like he's 18. Like, have you ever had a coach like Pete? No. Uh, I mean, Pete's one of a kind. Uh, I mean, I've had different coaches um, throughout my, my career from high school, was a series coach. You know, uh, college, I had Matt Luke um, and Hugh Freeze, and then to Pete Carroll, who's, you know, just fun all around, uh, a positive guy. He's always going to lift you up. Um, I mean, I just, I just love being uh, in Seattle because he lets me be me and he lets me be DK Metcalf, um, you know, on Sundays and, you know, when I'm working. So, I mean, it's just the perfect, perfect mix and the perfect match uh, for me when they drafted me. What's the biggest difference? Because wide receivers, I grew up believing, and this was mostly statistically true, that you used to be able to have a running back as your best player, like a Walter Payton, rest in peace, and you could win the Super Bowl. or But the game's changed because the NFL, for safety reasons, has made the middle of the field the offense. Right. When I was growing up, no receivers wanted to go over the middle unless you were named like Jerry Rice or Michael Irvin. Like they used to say alligator arms. Nobody wanted to go over the middle. Right. Now everybody wants to go over the middle. Um, so receivers now have a huge impact in the NFL immediately. Um What's the biggest difference? If I was a college receiver watching this, the difference, and you played in the SEC, so that's the best corners in college, but what's the biggest difference? First year, SEC or Big Ten to the NFL that you learned? Uh, I would say the biggest difference is uh, the mental aspect of it because everybody's big, fast, and strong when you get to the uh, NFL. You wouldn't be there if you weren't. Um, So my first day, my first weekend in Seattle, I walk in the locker room, and the first three players I see is Dwayne Brown, 13 years. Russell Wilson, 10 years, All-Pro. Bobby Wagner, 10 years, All-Pro. And I just mimic their every move. Like, they're, they're, they're there early every day. They take care of their bodies. They watch film. They're, they're serious about their craft, serious about their sport. And, you know, they know themselves. So I just tried to mimic them. And I was started working out with Bobby during the week and just start hanging out with Russ and just start picking up tidbits of information and, and things that they did and just impl- applied it to my life. And... If I was talking to any uh, NFL prospect that was going, coming into the NFL next year, I would just say be serious about your craft and, and get ready to, to go to endure like uh, some hard mental decisions because at the end of the day, it's all a business. So you have to always put yourself first and always know who you're doing it for. You have been the best athlete in high school and college. You go to the pros. Was there a cornerback – your first couple of years that you went up against, then you thought, okay, he ain't buying that move. <laughs> I can't separate. Like, give me somebody that you face and the ultimate respect, like you're meeting an equal. Right. Um, it wasn't even like at- athletic wise. Like I know nobody can mess with me, uh, right. you know, with athletes, but I mean, uh, athletics, but Richard Sherman played for the 49ers my rookie year. And when he ran a route for me, I knew I was like, <laughs> I talked, I said, bro, how did you know I was running that? He was like, I study film. Like, this is what I do. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put and that And that was in my an old pocket. Richard. Yes, that's old Richard Sherman running a 20-yard dig for me, backside. So I'm like, okay, now I start watching Tyler at practice. And I, I start asking, like, hey, bro, what do, you, what do you do? Like, how do you set corners up? He was like, oh, I use the run plays to 
set them out with uh, routes and manipulate the uh, the DB. So I'm like, okay. So I started incorporating that into my to my arsenal. And then I talked to Calvin Johnson after my second year and how he uses his body. And I got cool with Terrell Owens and Julio Jones. So I just take tidbits of information from people that I respect and looked up and look up to. And I just add it to my game. I know everybody's different and everybody's their own player, but you know, I'm trying to mimic the best in order to be the best. You, that's what you have to do. So <clears throat> the Seahawks move off Russell and they bring in Gino. Now I was around the Northeast when Gino was there. I thought he was big, strong, kind of immature. The, the media ate him up. He just was he got into a fight with a teammate. It's hard. He's young. You get rich. You're a star. It's New York. Then he goes to Seattle, and my takeaway is, you know, I've seen the Geno Smith story. Were guys surprised how ready to go he was last year? I think he led the league in passer rating. Yeah, I mean, he probably wouldn't have a, a, any mind with me saying this. Yeah, he would agree with you that he was immature uh, in his past, but I believe sitting behind Russ really, like, motivated him and really showed him how good he could really be um, in this league because uh, even at practice, he's – yelling at the practice squad guys to run their routes right. He was like, this is my opportunity too. That's right. And I'm like, okay, I respect that because you understand what's at stake. And next, the um, year we traded Russ and he's the starter, he comes into training camp and he's locked in, like body-wise, mentally. He's watching film and he's just, I can just, saw, I saw the transition from, okay, I'm a backup to, okay, this is my team. I'm a starter. Like week eight, he won the locker room over and he was giving pregame speeches and people were listening to him and buying into Geno Smith. And I mean, I believed in him from the start, but just to see the transition from people like, oh yeah, he's immature or writing him off to, okay, that's my leader. That's my quarterback. It was just amazing to see. So um, this draft, are the Seahawks going to lean defense? I don't know. Let me call Pete, and I'll, we can talk <laughs> offset. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I look at your offense, and I, my takeaway is, at some point, get another receiver. Right. You and Lockett are very productive. That's pretty obvious. Get another. You can't have enough receivers in this league, Correct. period. Uh, off, offensive line is set. You got two tackles, a running back. Um, do you do – do they give you any idea – like, do you have – now, if you if you do and don't want to tell me, that's okay, too. No, I mean, this is the relationship I had with Pete this offseason. I wanted Bobby back on the team so bad. You did? I would, yes. I would text Pete, like, hey, what's up, Pete? How you doing? He was like, good. What you doing this offseason? We shoot the BS for a couple of texts. Then I'd be like, Bobby Wagner. i just send Bobby Wagner. He wouldn't respond to me. Really? <laughs> I will have to call him. I was like, hey, so what's up, man? Are we getting Bobby back? He'll be like, he'll change the subject. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I see where this is going. Right. You don't trust me with information. I wouldn't trust me neither, but uh, yeah, I got you. And he, you love, because Bobby helped shape your career. Correct, yes. I would say Bobby's like a big brother to me who, who I look up to and respect, and, and I can tell he does, it's the same with him. That's great. So Mississippi kid, you end up in rainy, windy, Puget Sound, Seattle, my hometown. So when it rains here in L.A., I'm like, oh, it's great. I right. feel like hometown. Was it a little bit of a culture shock for you? A hundred percent. Coming from the South, I mean, I went to high school and college in, in Mississippi. And, so and, that, and small town kids. Right, exactly. So that's all I knew. 
So when I moved up to Seattle, it was like, I'm not leaving my house. <laughs> I'm looking for some fried chicken at a gas station or something. Like the the food and my taste palate had to do a whole 180 right. to where I had to start eating more sushi and I had to change my, my eating habits and, and everything. But um, I mean, I love Seattle now. I mean, I didn't when I first moved up sure. there because I wasn't used to it. but. Right. Uh, now, like the the people are are they love the Seahawks up there. They love the uh, Seattle Storm up there. So sports is very huge in Seattle, and you can just feel it anytime you know you go out and play on Sunday or in the off season when I'm working out. Like they just love sports and they want to see you su- succeed. So I mean, I just it was it's my second home now. I, I love the people of Seattle. And your family comes and visits you. Yes, sir. Yeah. So the Buda Baker play. Buda, by the way, played. High school football, I think, in the Kinko area up in Seattle. So he's big up there. That's that's one of those iconic uh, plays that will that will be there forever for you. He's running down the sideline. You catch him. I would guess you were a track player. You were a track star in high school. Yes, sir. Okay, and I'm Buddha could have been as well. A lot of people always said, uh, you know, was there ever a reservation about chasing him down? Did you think uh, I'm tired? No. I mean, I saw a pick, and when nobody else gonna get him, so why not me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tried, and I seen I was starting to get close to him, so I was like, "All right, yeah, I'm gonna catch you." The um, is there a player in the league? Maybe Tyreek. Didn't you race Tyreek Hill? No, no, sir. Is there? Are you the fastest player in the league? I am, on record. I am. You're the fastest player. Yeah. So do you see the respect from corners? Do you see the fear in their eyes when you turn the Jets? I mean, do you notice how you're defended because of your speed? Um, I would say my speed plays a part in it, but they also know I'm, I'm physical as well. So I, I sometimes use my speed to my advantage, but not all the time. Not as much as I, I need to. Um, I mean, I try to wear corners down to where in the fourth quarter you're not going to want to guard me or stand in front of me. Get physical with right. him? Yes, sir. Do you enjoy the blocking part yes, of it? Yes, I love blocking, especially linebacker. Oh, Pete loves that. Yeah. By the way, Pete loves that. Yeah. The um, Tariq Woolen, I've been told, is uh, almost as fast as you. No, oh, yeah, Tariq has some real speed. So here's a prime example. <laughs> here's a prime example of the NFL. He was a receiver in college, and the Seahawks draft him as a corner in the fifth round, and he immediately explodes. What happened to him in college? Um, you can say it. Is yeah, that, he said he said his, his receiver coach didn't didn't, didn't respect like him. him. Yeah, he didn't like him, so he went over to the defense, and started playing corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is true, right? W- w- was your first coach? Who was your first uh, position coach in the NFL with Seattle? Uh, Nate Carroll, and he embraced you immediately. Mm-hmm. What yes. did he say you have to work on? Uh, he would just give me bits of information after every game. So let's say I ran a route wrong or, or I didn't shave it down enough. He would yeah. just coach me on the fly. He really didn't, you know, uh, tell me things that I really needed to work on. Um, then my second year, we got um, a receiver assistant coach, uh, Sanjay Lau. Yeah. From, he was with the Jets and the Raiders uh, and the Bills for, for quite some time. And he's very technical about stuff. So that I will say he really – pushed me to be a great receiver because he broke down routes um, like like I've never heard it before. Like he would tell me, okay, this is how you do this. This is how you run a route and this is how you release and then get vertical. And he just made me look at the game differently to where I, I respect him so much because he's back now. Um, yeah. He left uh, two years ago and then came back last year. But 
I mean, I got so much respect for him because he wants to see me be great. He wants to see our whole receiver room be great and carry a mentality that that's contagious around the league. How much film do you watch? You know, I think sometimes fans just think you go to practice, catch a few balls, see right. you on Sunday. Yes, sir. How much film do you watch? Uh, I will say we're at the facility from nine to five, and after practice, we watch film. Now go home. I'll play Call, Call of Duty for about an hour, two hours. Then I'll watch film. So it's just about part of your life. Yes, like sir. if you lose on the road, is, what's the worst thing in the NFL? Losing on the road in the flight home? Yeah, because everybody wants to watch the, watch the game and fix their mistakes right oh, there after do. the game. Yes. Uh, Quandre Diggs is big on that. Bobby was big. Bobby watches every game as soon as we get on the bus. The, before the minute we leave you're the on the stadium. bus. Yes. People just don't have any idea how committed you guys are. Um, if I was a Seahawks fan listening to this interview, I'd, I'd be so fired up. You are so committed and so focused. Not everybody is. Like a lot of, to be honest with you, there was probably somebody in your life, because you've, you've been a talented, strong kid forever. Who was the first coach that literally let you believe, hey man, if you focus, because we're all goofy as kids, you're going to be rich and you're going to be a star. Who was the first coach that connected with you? Uh, my seventh grade math teacher. I was taking... Uh... I was taking algebra in the seventh grade, yeah. um, and I was goofing off in class. And he pulled me to the side. He was also my um, my uh, D line coach yeah. um, in in middle school. And he pulled me to the side. I was like, "Hey, bro, like you you you're not normal. So don't act normal. You can be great at whatever you put your mind to. So go do it." And I was like, "All right, yes, sir. I got you." And for him to pull me to the side and have as much respect for me just to tell me that. I mean, it still sticks with me today that he was the first person that really believed in me and really, you know, said, you're going to be great one day. And I believed him. And from that point forward, that's when DK started to act like DK. And that's when I really just told myself, all right, this is what we're going to do. Is he still with us? Uh, yes, sir. He is. What's in his Oxford, name? Mississippi. Jeff Jones. Jeff Jones. Yes, sir. Tip of the cap to Jeff Jones. Is he still teaching? Uh, I don't know if he's still teaching or not. They I get, hope, hopefully he is, yeah. They get good pensions. He's yeah. probably on a beach somewhere having the time <laughs> of his life. Well, I hope he takes pride in what he did because that kind of – I mean, the fact that you remember that so well. J-Mac, do you have anybody that changed your life and told you to stop screwing around, betting sports when you were eight years old? Stop it. Uh, mostly, <laughs> mostly just my mom and dad. They really pushed me to be yeah. the best I can be. Um, can I slide in a Jets question for DK Metcalf? Yeah, okay, he's a, Jet, he's a Jets yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, Why? Why? Because yeah. I was born in New York. That's I, that's a question my kids ask me a lot. A lot of people are Giants fans in New York, though. That's Jets. the one. That's the franchise that wins. Go ahead. <laughs> oh gosh, that's cold blooded. What's um, your question? How how much of a difference do you think Aaron Rodgers will make? You've seen him a lot. Uh, you think he can get the Jets to the playoffs? I mean, my name's DK Metcalf, and I focus on the Seahawks. Ah! <laughs> yeah, good answer. <laughs> this guy's good. This guy's good. Like Derek Jeter. He talks, but he doesn't give you too much. Right. He's got it all buttoned up. What a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, presence of mind, man. Continued success. DK Metcalf. Uh, easy to root for, man. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... 
right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.